book of Acts chapter, 20, uh, chapter 22. Chapter 22, and we'll read from verses 1 to verses 10. And then I'll have a youth open for me their Bibles in the book of 2 Kings chapter 5. Amen. 2 Kings chapter 5, Acts 22. And one more, one more person open with me your Bibles in the book of Judges chapter 6. Amen. I hope you got that. Simona, 2 Kings chapter 5. Who's in the house? Christian. Judges chapter 6, please. So I will start with Acts chapter 22. And the title is Unusual Encounters with God. How many of you want an encounter with Jesus tonight? A personal encounter. Amen? personal encounter not meeting Jesus <laughs> not meeting Jesus through your mom not meeting Jesus through your dad amen amen because when you meet through your mom it remains you know my mom's uh, religion my mom's Jesus because my mom told me to go my dad told me to go that's how our family is we are Christians in our family but you've never met Jesus personally to radically change your life that you can't stop talking about him you can't stop sharing about him you're just head over heels just for him amen that's what we are believing God for tonight the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 22 verses verses sorry and that's verse 1 yes verses 1 silent he said to them in Aramaic brothers and fathers listen now to my defense when they heard him speak this is Paul when they heard him speak to them in Aramaic they became very quiet so just a backstory of this they had beaten Paul and they had accused him of causing riot I mean riots and not only that the, the, the chief soldier had asked him if he was the Greek guy, the Egyptian guy who had started a riot that had, you know, uh, that was led, that he had led a 4,000 um, number of people who were terrorists in the wilderness. Amen. This is what happens when you're Christian. They accuse you of things you've never known. You know, you, they accuse you, they say things, you know, you didn't say it. And they say, mm -hmm, yeah, you said it. You know you didn't do and they say you did it and they end up even beating you up and that's what happened to Paul so the so Paul is the one now now they're telling us his story so verses 2 says when they heard him speak to them in Aramia they became very quiet then Paul said I am a Jew born in Tarsus of, of Sicilia but brought up in this city I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today I persecuted the followers of this of this way to their death arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison as the high priest and all the council can can themselves testify I even obtained letters from them to their associates in Damas in, in Damascus and went there to bring the, and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished about noon now Paul is giving his testimony about noon 
As I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Soul, soul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. Then Jesus, then, then of course the Lord, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions, listen to this. This was very important to me. In verses 9, the Bible says, my companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. My companions led me by the hand into Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. Amen? We see Paul having a personal encounter. Paul tells us of, I mean, Saul at that time, his life, he had been brought up, he had been taught by one of the best teachers of the law. Amen. The best teachers of the law. He grew up, he was born, this Hebrew guy, circumcised on the right day that he was supposed to be circumcised. He knew what kind of foods to eat and what not to eat. He knew what to do and what not to do. Just like some of us, you know, being brought up by parents. I'm an example of that until I met the Lord really personally two years ago. But yet I was brought up in Sunday school and I was a youth. I danced like some of you dance like this. As I know that I can't break the moves like you do now but there was a time christian i did that yes there was a time that i truly danced just like you guys are dancing amen but i did not have a personal encounter with jesus amen and so Saul is telling us he knew all the things like we're taught by our parents like we're taught by society like we're taught by you know church tells us you know you have to be at church on Sunday you have to do this you have to dress like this you have to fast like this you have to do this I knew all the do's and so did Saul do that he knew everything to do he was so zealous for Jesus but because he had not had a personal encounter with Jesus Guess what? He was being led by religion instead. By the things that he's known that this is what I got to do to be right. And what does that mean? That means putting God in a box. Amen? Putting God in a box. Like growing up and thinking, no, only the pastors can speak in tongues. Or only the people whom you see praying so much in church here can speak in tongues. That's putting God in a box. Like growing up and thinking, you know what, unless I do this, then God will meet me. That's putting God in a box. And so was Saul's life. He did not have a personal encounter with Jesus. When you encounter Jesus, everything changes. When you encounter Jesus, you start seeing things a different way. You become compassionate. You become kind to people. You become loving to people you know jesus told this story about um he was telling the pharisees when they were speaking and jesus tells them and and what he was talking about truly was you have money just an example you have money and you know it is for tithe let me ask you the youth in church tonight if you had money and it was for tithe it's a question if you had money and it was for tithe 
an offering and you had worked so hard you know that week they paid you let's say three hundred dollars and you get your tithe and your offering and you're coming here and then you met somebody and not somebody and then your mom doesn't have food in the fridge and doesn't have anything to put on the table what would you do somebody's put up their hand yes you would help her so would you actually get your tithe and offering and give it to her and not bring it to the house of the Lord is that what you would do you would get God's money the tithe that offering and give it to your mom and not bring it to God how many say that that's what they would do and how many say they wouldn't do that just think of it just think of it nobody I'm not judging or looking at who's wrong or who's not wrong we're just in the house of the Lord right if your mom was hungry, but yet you know God says to do what? Give tithe and give offering. So I just want those who say that I would give it to my mom, put up your hands. And those who say I wouldn't give it to my mom, put down your hands. Those, those who would give to their moms, how many hands up straight? Let me see. And moms in the house, if you would want them to give you money or you would want them to take it to church, let me see the hands. You would want, Aunt Miriam would want them to give it to the Lord. What would Mama, Aunt Rosalind say? Oh, Aunt, Aunt, oh, you would want them to give it to you, not to the Lord. Okay. Aunt, yes. To God. Yeah. Amen. You see these moms? These moms are something else. Uh-huh. Our mommy, our judge, you give it to God. You see these moms? <laughs> and yes, is that Uncle Fred in the back there? <laughs> ah, praise Jesus, Uncle Fred. Welcome back. We're so happy to see you. Uncle Fred, what would you say? They should give you the money or they bring it to church? <laughs> Especially now. Okay, the moms have spoken on Uncle Fred's behalf. Aunt Dodo. Uh-huh. Would you want Bradley to give you that money or to bring it to Jesus? Mm -hmm. Amen. These moms are amazing. Okay, now it comes back to Aunt Zita. What would you say? Wow. Amen and amen. Now, based on what the moms and Uncle Fred has said, is there another mom? Okay, based on all the, what the moms and Uncle Fred has said, now, young ones, what would you say? Those who are saying that we would give it to mom, I want your hands up. And those who are saying uh, we would bring it to church, I want your hands down. By account. Okay. How many? How many are giving it to mom? One. Uh-huh. Two. Who's that at the back there, Darlene? Our visitor? You're welcome, hon. You're welcome in the presence of the Lord. So our visitor would give mommy money. And then who else? Sanyu, would you give it to mommy? You would pray for her and give it to her. God bless you. Simona, what are you going to do? Give it to mom or bring it to Jesus here? Yeah? Amen. Amen. Christian, what do you say? Uh-huh. Yeah. 
No, 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 no. It's the Lord saying, if, if it's the Lord saying, would you give it to mom or bring it to church? Church? Yeah? Church? Yeah? Okay, cool. I'll stop there. So guys, if anything, it's okay. So th that's what we're talking about. Thank you for responding. Thank you for the answers. But this is what Jesus says though, right? This is what Jesus says. He says, if your mom and dad are hungry at home and you have money in your hands and you're going to bring it for tithe and offering to church, but yet your mom and dad does not have at home, Jesus says, give it to mommy and daddy. Amen? Amen? That's how Jesus is. That's how Jesus is. Jesus would never leave a person who's hungry. Amen? But the law told us what? The law tells us to bring the tithe, right? We're supposed to and we have to. But if you found Aunt Rosalind hungry out there and you know that was your last coin and you're going to give it to the Lord and you know that if I give, God will give back to me. Guess what? By giving Aunt Rosalind, you're giving to Jesus. Amen? Amen? So that's what I mean. We got to take God out of the box. And we got to look at what Jesus is really saying. He did not come to, you know, say that the law it does not work anymore. But he came to show us the heart of the Father. Amen? Unusual encounters with Jesus. Amen? Paul got an unusual encounter with the Lord that changed his life radically. Changed his life from what he knew, the usual things, the usual law that he knew. Everything changed from there and then. The man, can you imagine guys? Paul was busy cutting off people's heads. When Jesus met him, he had a letter in his pocket to go and to, pre to present to the leaders on the other side. So that they would allow him to cut off more heads. You hear that? So now as he's going, Jesus encounters him. Jesus meets him. When Jesus meets him, everything changes. Jesus tells him, this is what you're going to do. You're going to preach my word. You're going to do this and this and that. Now, by a show of hands, how many of you, if you met Paul after the three days after his eyes, the Lord had opened up his eyes now. If you met him after three days and they said, okay, Paul's church is called Dominion Church International. How many of you would truly go to his church? Would you go to his church? Three days ago, the man was cutting off people's heads. See? To, yes, you're able to say that by the Holy Spirit. Amen? I would think twice, I won't lie. The man was cutting off people's heads. Now you're telling me to go to his church. I would say, Holy Spirit, first wait. Is he real or he's not real? Am I to go there? I think I would go and stand outside. Because I'm not sure. Yeah? I'm not sure. But then that's what God does. He takes the ordinary, the one that does not seem like it, and makes it extraordinary. Gives unusual what you never expected. A man cutting off heads three days later, he's the man praying for people. How's that? Yeah? So when we look at people, when we look at men and women in the Bible, and when we, when we look at our lives, we got to take God out of the box. We got to stop looking at people and say, whoa, okay, I know how Lindsay dresses. She always has braids and she always dresses good. So when she, you know, when, and when she stands here and sings, the Lord only uses her. No. Take God out of the box, guys, right? 
what are we going to do? If God gave the opportunity to Sanyu instead to be the one to lead worship here, and she's singing in that voice that I don't, maybe my, like my voice. Sanyu, I want to use you as an example. If I was the one singing compared to who? To Lindsay. Amen? You know my voice. I'm not the great singer. I don't know how to sing, if, even if you compare to me to Aunt, Aunt uh, Miriam. I have no idea how to hit the notes, how they hit it. Right? It is the truth, though. According to me. Amen? It is the truth. And then you look at Lindsay and you say, no, she sings so beautifully. She's on the charts, number one charts. And she is on the apple, whatever and stuff. So when she sings, that's when I feel the Holy Spirit move. Take God out of the box. Remember, Aunt Becky and her funny voice here. When she sings, you just never know that the Lord might move through that voice. Right? Right? So when you look at people... Don't look at them and judge. Don't look at them and look at them small and say, no, this is the one the Lord is going to use. I see this one and I see this person. I see somebody. Can we go to David? Let's talk about David. The least amongst his brothers. He wasn't tall and handsome like the rest, like Eliab. Eliab was the one the Bible describes as tall, handsome, and everything that the world can say. I know some of you see the magazines at Shoppers and Walmart when you're doing your groceries coming out, right? They, they have those pictures they bombard us with and stuff, right? So he was all that. Eliab was all that. But yet what did God say? When Samuel came, Samuel looked at Eliab and said, surely it has to be this one. Surely it has to be this one. He's good looking. He's tall. And besides, Eliab being tall... That's like who? King Saul. Remember Samuel when he anointed, um, uh, anointed King Saul. The Bible describes Saul as being the tallest, I think, even in the whole of Israel. So being tall, just look at it. If somebody was to come in here and they're so tall and they're so giant, I'm pretty sure most of you are going to say, eh, how are you doing, sir? Hi, uncle. If a short, very short man walked in here and he doesn't look as tall as you, you're not even going to ask if they want tea. You're just going to pass by and say, ah, maybe he's in Sunday school. Yeah? But yet, guess what? He's a child of God too, right? So Samuel looked at um, Il Iliab, compared it in his carnal mind because he had anointed a king before who was tall and handsome and thought that God was going to work in the same way. God does not work in the same way. He says his ways as high as the heavens are from the earth. So are his ways. So are his thoughts. I don't know about you, the youth. Maybe you're praying for something from God. You're asking God, the Lord, I want, I want this. I want wisdom. I want wisdom. That's the best I can give and the best example. I want wisdom. I want wisdom. But as you're asking wisdom for wisdom, you're busy disrespecting mom and dad. You're busy disrespecting people in the community. But remember the blessing that comes with respecting mom and dad. Do you remember that? The blessing that comes with respecting mom and dad. Long life. You know? And with that long life comes the peace. Comes everything. The wisdom we're talking about. All these things. Can I tell you some people are suffering in their adult age because they just disrespected their moms and dads? As simple as that. It is 
things with God are so easy. You ask God for something and you expect wisdom to just fly and enter your head. It doesn't work like that. God expects you to do what he's asking you to do. You want long life? God is asking you just listen to your mom and dad. Just be um, polite. Just be kind. Just uh, follow what they're telling you because they know what's best for you. As simple as that. God is asking you to do that. You're busy asking God for wisdom. God is saying, I'm going to give you that wisdom if only you will be obedient to your mom or dad. As simple as that. It costs nothing. It costs nothing. Right? So God's ways are not the way we think. You ask for something, it's not going to come the way you want it to come. Sometimes they come through circumstances. Maybe a friend bullied you at school. Maybe there's somebody amidst you here that you don't get along with. That you just feel, no, this person and stuff. And yet God wants you to show compassion. You're saying, God, give me a compassionate heart. I want to be so kind. I'm going to be so good this year. And God brings that girl who just irritates you. Every time you look at them, they just got the right hairstyle and you got the wrong hairstyle. Or that boy who just has the coolest shoes, the Nikes. I don't know if those are the greatest shoes anyways. But anyway, somehow, somewhere there. You know, they have always the coolest shoes and you just never have the coolest shoes. And they irritate you every time they speak. Mm, it just gets under your skin. But yet remember, when you are praying, you're saying, Lord, I just want to be compassionate. I want to be kind. God is actually, God has allowed that situation to come so that you can what? Show compassion. Show kindness. That's why mom was hungry. The Lord allowed mom and dad to be hungry so you can be able to show compassion. Unusual encounters, unusual ways. God's ways are not our ways. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. Somebody read for me the book of uh, the book of Second Kings, chapter five. A microphone here. Second Kings. Thank you for saying. It's okay. We have so many youth here. Second Kings, chapter five. And it's about Naaman. Let me go there too. Amen. The Lord is good. So blessed to be in the house of the Lord. So Second Kings, just give me a second and I'll be there. Now, now Naaman had, was commander of the army of the king. Yes. Um, he was a great man in the sight of his master mm -hmm. and highly regarded because through him the Lord has given Victory to Aram. He was. You're doing great. Go ahead. Oh. He was a valiant soldier, mm -hmm. but had leprosy. Yes. Now, uh -huh. now bands of raiders from Aram have gone out of, out and con taken captive a young girl from Israel. Mm -hmm. She served. Naaman's wife. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much, Sanya. Please give a hand clap for a hand clap for the little girl, please. God bless you. Yes. So the story of Naaman, another man in the next five minutes will be done and we'll be praying with our youth before they head off to camp. Amen. On the Friday that they're going. So the Bible says in Second Kings chapter five, now a man now Naaman was 
was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier but had leprosy. Can you imagine a man doing so great, doing all these wonders but has leprosy? It's just like going to the Olympics and then you come out with uh, every gold medal from every um, sport that's out there. All decorated, you know. But guess what he had? He had leprosy. And in those days, if you had leprosy, you could not even enter this church here. You were not allowed in church. You could not even hug your children, guys. You could not even hug your wife. That's if even you had a wife or, or even children. And if you did not have a wife or children, too bad. You are going to stay out of camp. You are going to stay far away because people were scared. They would get infected too, right? So this is, this is Naaman's uh, uh, story. But then the Bible says in, in, in verses 2, Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel. And she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went to his master, told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him ten talents of silver. This is big money. Six thousand shekels of gold and ten sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read. With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. So I'll stop the story there. You guys go back and read when you have a chance. Amen. So this is what happened. So the, Naaman goes to Israel so that he can be cured of, of leprosy because he had been, they had told him that guess what? There's a man who can cure you there. And whom did God use? You are following the story. Whom did God use to give this news to Naaman that he can get healed? A little girl, a slave girl, I mean a slave girl whom they had taken as captive from Israel and brought to all the way to um, Syria or Aram. And then all of a sudden she's the one the Lord uses to speak into what? To speak into Naaman. But then this is what happens. Naaman being a man of stature, a man of valor and all this valiant and all these things. Guess what? He reaches in Israel and then he goes there. He goes to the prophet. The prophet's name is Elisha. He, he gets there and he says, you know what? I want to speak to Elisha. Elisha does not, um, I, I mean, Elisha sends his servants and tells him, tell him to go what? Shower, I, I mean to dip himself um, I, I, to dip himself in the river Jordan. And Naaman gets upset. Naaman was expecting what? To come and the man would just come out. Elisha would come out as, you know, big man, meet big man. He would come out and just say, in the name of Jesus, uh, get healed. He would just lay his hands and the leprosy would get, just go. But guess what happened? Naaman comes. Elisha doesn't show up. He doesn't come outside the house, sends his servants instead to Naaman and says, go tell him to dip himself in the river. Say unusual encounters, unusual ways. Amen? That's how God works. And Naaman was so upset. 
I don't know about you what you're upset about in your life today. That you've been expecting God to just come through in a certain way. And you've just set your eyes that this is the way God works. I know it. I gotta feel the Holy Spirit touch me. And by knowing that the Holy Spirit has touched me, I gotta freeze from my head to my toes. Or I gotta feel something hot. I gotta shake a little bit. Because I always see people fall on the ground. I have to fall to the ground too. Then that will confirm that I felt the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let me take your attention, youth, please. Amen. So Naaman went into the river. Finally. He was even giving up. He had even refused. And his servants, again, the Lord uses his servants. And his servants tell him, if this man had asked you to bring gold or silver or big things, wouldn't you have done it? And then he's, of course, obviously would have done it. It is as simple. It's like somebody telling you in this house here. And saying, you know what? Sweep this house. You would do it. But if they told you, you know what? The Lord is saying, go to Tim Hortons. You're going to meet a woman who has nothing. And she's all ramshackled. And I want you to take her home. Give her a bath and give her food. That seems like. Because when you go and meet the woman and you see the woman... You also want to run. You're like, this one belongs to the what? Camage. This is where that, that woman has to be. Because I think she's just going to do something bad to me. I don't think I can take her home. But yet the Lord is saying, that's the way you got to go. So Naaman went into the river. When he dipped himself, guess what? He came out with his skin as smooth as that of a baby. Healed. Unusual ways unusual encounters and guess what happened afterwards Naaman who used to worship the gods told Elisha and said let me take some soil from Israel and let me go back when I go back to my nation you know so that I may worship this God Naaman a man who's not an Israelite got to meet God through a very unusual way unusual encounters it is time to take God out of the box it is time to start looking at God and saying, God, show me the details in everything. In the hard times, in the good times, show me the details. I want to see the details. I don't want to walk by my sight. I don't want to walk by my own hearing, by what people say. I don't want to walk by what I think it has to be. I just want to be led by you, Holy Spirit. Amen? A man called Gideon, I'll finish with this. In the book of Judges, chapter 6. This man, Gideon, was living in a time where the Midianites were hurting the what? The Israelites. And you know why? Because the Israelites were disobedient to God. They were so disobedient that for seven years, the Lord decided to give them to the Midianites. And guess what happened? The, the, the Israelites, who were supposed to be in the promised land, eating of the milk and honey, Guess what, guys? The Midianites chased them all the way. I mean, tormented them all the way until the Israelites, God's people, were living in caves. That's what your Bible says if you look at it. These are people who have been given the promised land. But because of their disobedience, the Lord allowed the Midianites to torment them until they were living in caves. So the Israelites would just come down on the fields there and plant crops. And when they would plant the crops, guess what would happen? The Midianites would come, almost time for harvest, and destroy all the crops. 
The Midianites would look at the Israelites having all the cows and, and the sheep and everything. They would just come and just destroy everything and take everything. That's what would happen. So the torment went on. And then one day, a man by the name of Gideon was there at the wine press just thrashing the wheat, beating the wheat. You know, hiding it, trying of course to hide it away from the Midianites. Because the Midianites, whenever they saw the Israelites with anything, they would come and destroy it. The Lord came. The angel of God, Jesus, comes and meets who? Gideon. And Gideon tells him and says, I am the least of the clan of Manasseh. I am the least. Indeed, Gideon felt he was the least. Indeed, obviously, he was saying he's the least. He was the least. Their clan was the least. They had nothing. There was nothing about a promise of any royalty or any man of valor that would come out from his clan. There was no scent to his name. There's some people who are born and their father is Trudeau and their cousin is so-and-so. And so they have that, that, there is that line ready for them. They don't have to work too hard. Once they reach um, the age of maybe 16, 17, they just go and intern, uh, get, get, get internship at what? At the parliament. They don't need to struggle. But some of you here know, you know, you know your family, you know the struggles your moms and dads and aunties and uncles go through. You know the stories of how they had to leave their countries and come to this land and struggle so that you may have a better life. You know it. So that was Gideon. So when Jesus shows up, why didn't Jesus show up to somebody maybe from the tribe of Judah? Maybe from the tribe of Issachar or maybe from another tribe of Benjamin. But he chose Gideon. Unusual encounters. And he was not just an angel. Guys, the one, the angel of God, the one who meets Gideon in the Bible is Jesus himself. Jesus himself. Talk about unusual ways. Take God out of the box. The woman with the issue of blood, unusual ways. The Samaritan woman at the well, unusual ways. When God does things, he does it beyond. Talk about Joseph. Talk about Pharaoh. How did Pharaoh get to know God? Through Joseph. When Joseph interpreted the dream. Isn't it an unusual way that God takes Joseph whom he has showed all these dreams, all the, 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 the heaves and, the, and the, everybody's things bowing down to him, even his father and mother all bowing down to him. And the next thing Joseph is being beaten by his brother sold into slavery. The next thing he's in prison. Unusual ways, right? Unusual things. Let us stand up as we're going to pray. Take God out of the box. Allow God to be God. And let us be who we are. Amen. Give him glory. He's worthy of our praise tonight. He's worthy of our praise tonight. We're going to ask God to give us discernment. That our eyes will start seeing beyond what we see. That our ears and our, and, and our spirit will open up to Jesus himself. That we shall see unusual things that we've never seen. Amen. That will not just follow the tradition, the norms that we know. We're breaking out of that. You're not a generation of, of tradition. Amen. We're a generation that changes lives. Amen.
Amen. God, you are good. You are worthy. You are worthy tonight. You're worthy tonight. You're worthy.